everybody, and welcome back to Postscript. I'm Beth Capello. And I'm Christina Ziders. We're here to talk about Season 1, Episode 4 of All Creatures Great and Small. How are you doing today, Beth? I am awesome, and that episode was awesome. Are you ready to jump in? I thought you'd never ask. This episode was full of food, more food, laughter, and fun. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, it was a very quirky episode, so let's get into it. So we open up the episode... And James notices that Tristan's, like, not in his bed. Nope. Ooh, where is he? Completely empty, has not slept in it. I know. (laughs) Like, perfectly made. I do not make my bed in the morning. No, I'm pretty sure Mrs. Hall does that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good good, good thought. Um, So he's on the couch with Maggie. Ooh la la. So It's wholesome content, though. Yes, it is. (laughs) They fell asleep on the couch after having a couple drinks. So makes sense. Makes sense. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, James gets the phone call about Tricky Woo and how he's having problems. Yep. Um, Mrs. Hall receives this box in the mail. And then Tristan is supposed to be leaving for college in a week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much, you know, the, the start of the episode. Yeah. Uh, can we just for a minute talk about how Mrs. Hall saved Tristan's butt by taking the glasses away before yes. um, Siegfried noticed them? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet of she her, She did him too. real solid. <laughs> she always takes care of people. Yes, Especially Tristan. <laughs> but he's a mess. So he needs a lot of help. I know. He does. <laughs> I love that, he t- that, she t- that she takes it from him. Um, so James is off to Mrs. Pumphrey's. And, you know, did you notice all of the good morning, good morning, good morning? It's like everybody in Darabee is so happy. Yeah. Uh, apparently they're all morning people because, like, I tried to type an email this morning and I was like, good morning, everyone, period. I'm like, that's not energetic enough. <laughs> Delete exclamation point. That's too much. <laughs> we need Comma. something in between. <laughs> yes. I think, like, the period versus the exclamation point. Like, there's, it's right. drastic. It is. So like maybe, like, half of an exclamation. You can't put a colon. But, no. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very cheerful morning people sort of show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so then they, so James sees Tricky Woo. She thinks, <laughs> Mrs. Pumphrey thinks that Tricky Woo is going to die from yeah, not being able to breathe. Super exactly. worried. I'm the same way with my dogs when it comes to veterinary visits. I'm like, oh, is yeah. the worst going to happen? Right. Is, is this the end? And usually, usually yeah. it's not, thankfully, usually so far. Like, no, they, <laughs> they just need to get a shot. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> okay. On to the next thing. Um, so, yeah, the Tricky Woo is just a little overweight. Right. And uh, Mrs. Pumphrey cannot be trusted to keep Tricky Woo on the diet. Makes sense. I mean, feel you. I feel her. Totally. You have to give all your your dogs all the treats. Right. You just have to. (laughs) So so James takes him home. And did you see all of the belongings for (laughs) Tricky Woo? I loved it. I feel like uh, uh, we haven't taken a vacation with our dogs yet, but I feel like that's we would pack a suitcase for the dogs, like all of their babies, which are their toys, um, and a couple dozen snacks. And so, yeah, I was like, I don't see a problem with this amount of stuff coming down the stairs. So I have taken my dogs many places. (laughs) Yeah. So we bring them home to family. It's a couple hours away and we'll, we'll bring them home. There's, there's a lot of stuff that comes with us and then they never use any of it because they played like my mom had a dog and they would just use her toys and take over. These these toys smell different than at home. Exactly. (laughs) Or they just run around the backyard. But yeah, they, they have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now my kids have a lot of stuff. I used to, we used to have like a little toy box and I put all the toys in and uh, they knew that that was their toy box, but they never put them back. (laughs) So they just end up like dug into the corner of the couch. Like that's 
we found out Cece was hoarding all the toys. We couldn't find them. <laughs> and so I pulled up the um, blankets that we have on our couch, and there's just this, like, there's, like, half a dozen, half a dozen toys stuffed into the side of the couch cushion. Like, she's been, she was hiding them. <laughs> So that Nolly couldn't find them, I guess. <laughs> Dogs are the weirdest things. <laughs> so territorial. Um, so then we go to Siegfried with the the dog Clancy who's barking yeah. at him. That was the first time we ever saw Siegfried nervous right. around He's, an animal. Uh, I mean, this is a big dog, too. And he yeah. does sound real angry. So that's a good fear response is a good response uh, in most cases when there is an angry looking dog in front of you. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. They're telling you something and it's back off. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, but but Siegfried is nervous, so he, he gives him a little bit of medicine, sends him home because he definitely yeah. likely did not do a full exam. No, he just yeah. kind of stood back and was like, upset tummy, here's some meds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then we get Tricky coming home and then the conversation between James and Siegfried. James thinks they're talking about Tricky Woo. No. And Siegfried is <laughs> oh, uh, talking about Tristan. Tristan. Yes. And James is like, well, I don't know. Like, so so Siegfried's like, he's too spoiled. And tr- and so James is like, yeah, he is. But it's not his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> and Siegfried's like, yes, it is. Because he's talking about he's Tristan. He's talking about Tristan, yeah. Like, no, he should be. <laughs> it's just that dynamic was hilarious. And then and then when Siegfried says, he should be answering the phones. He can't, and James yeah, he is can't like, even answer the phones. Well, I, don't I don't think don't he can. can. <laughs> like, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> like his paw can't grab it. <laughs> He gives, I love the line, he gives pretty good paw. Yeah. <laughs> that was mixed into that conversation. You can just see how much James loves Tricky Woo. Oh, everybody loves Tricky Woo. I know, I know. But we didn't get any Jess in this episode, which was interesting. No, you're right. Jess was missing from this one. I maybe know. Je- maybe Jess doesn't like Tricky Woo. Maybe. Or maybe Jess needed a day off. <laughs> Probably. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe the dog actors didn't get along well. Well, so maybe. That could be it. Together. I don't know. Tricky Woo is pretty high maintenance, and I don't think Jess is very high maintenance. <laughs> no. Jess seems like a pretty chill dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I still love that even though Tristan goes, oh, Tricky. <laughs> Tricky's like, <laughs> It's the no-no buzzer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my nolly has one of those <laughs> exactly so it was funny and then you know tristan takes over taking care of tricky woo for the day and mm-hmm. then you see when he's like throwing the ball for for tricky woo to like get some exercise he just goes boop 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 and you see his little, little butt go right butt, and left a little <laughs> butt like, bouncing little so cute this little fluff butt I know. I love this episode because of Tricky Woo. <laughs> There's so much Tricky Woo. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites from from the first season because yeah. every episode should have Tricky Woo in it. It should. It, like, that's was so, my opinion. It was so lighthearted. Like, I don't yeah. think we stopped laughing the no, whole episode. No, there was episode. a whole lot of laughing in this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> so then we go and James goes to see Helen because the bull's not performing. And we find out, you know, she, he has to give the testosterone shot. Um to try to get him performing for the cows so that, you know, how we could get some money. Yeah. And by performing, but, we mean knocking up some cows. Yeah. He yeah. has to impregnate some cows. <laughs> he needs to make just, that happen. He's not interested. No. He's just, I guess, tired. I guess. <laughs> but okay. But yeah, he gets a testosterone <laughs> shot. And yep. then he starts wandering towards the cows. So it's implied. But that, there's... Yeah. Some, yeah. There's a little bit of spicy flirting here. There is. Thanks and th- to that... That bull Clive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, we find out throughout the time with James and Helen that, you know, Hugh um, also lost his dad. Like Helen lost her mom. And then that's mm-hmm. how they kind of that's got what, together. That's probably part of their uh, common 
common core yeah, the experience. Com- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, it was interesting to find out that they bonded like that. You know, they've been friends since they were kids. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she knows, yeah. like, what he studied in college. So we know they've been together for a while. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we go back to uh, Skeldale, and we find that um, Clancy's back. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Clancy. Still angry. Yep. And so Tristan is like, um, how can somebody love a dog so vicious? And like Christina and I can both raise our hands because <laughs> we love <laughs> we love our dogs. And they're so cranky. Oh my gosh. Yes. I have the I have the video pulled up, but there's a video that uh, Matt took of Nolly growling at me and also simultaneously licking my face <laughs> while growling. Like this is just People don't understand it until until you know the love of Nolly. Like that's a safe place to be, and <laughs> and it's wonderful. <laughs> My little one. I think it's the little ones too. It's always yeah. the little ones. Well, they think they're big dogs. I think they do. But yeah. my little one does this, the same exact thing. Cookie just teeth snarling at you, and I just have to go and pick her up, and then she's like. <sighs> yeah. It gives me a kiss. We oh, call that um, the pretty face in my house. Yeah. <laughs> They're smiling, which is why I started laughing so much. She said, look at his smile. And I was just like, I know this. This yep. is the happy face. I mean, yeah. the, the pretty face. He's this making the, the pretty, pretty face. face. Yep. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. And then Tristan's like, oh, I have to do the examination. Uh, uh, I don't want to. But then afterwards, <laughs> he sends him home with food. A big bag of food. A big bag of food. This I should w- last you a week. I and wish our vet would send us home with free food. I know. Oh, right? No, it probably costs like an extra $40 on top of what oh, it actually for sure. costs. Yeah, because it's like the veterinary diet. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but then Tristan and Siegfried have that exchange of like, we, you did a full examination, right? And he's like, yeah, just, just like you did, right? right. Yeah. Of course, yeah, of exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're just like too proud to say that they were nervous we're around the dog, dog and afraid of the dog. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, so then we go back to James and Helen, they're finished eating at the Dobson's and then they run into Hugh who has a flat tire and I love the banter. I know that we like cut away and cut back, Mm -hmm. but, um, let's just talk about that right now where, you know, James has to fix the, the tire. He offers to fix the tire. Well, yeah, he offers kind of a peace offering, I think, because he just, you know, killed Hugh's horse. Yeah, exactly. And then Hugh is like, ugh. Yeah, I really don't want your help. I don't like you. A mechanic is they on his ra- way. Yes, they would rather not have to talk to each other. Yeah, and he knows something. Like, James knows something that Hugh doesn't. Mm. So it's kind of like that manly, Yeah, you know. <laughs> I know you more than you do. Yeah. Exactly. It's competition. It's a competition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he doesn't want the help. But then, like, when it cuts back, uh, Hugh is kind of like, he's flirting a lot of pda with helen trying helen is a little uncomfortable with it yeah but then james is done fixing the tire and now they're like oh i can relate to one another they talk about and they actually like bond with like you know he had to kill a stag Hugh did have to kill a stag and he was like i would never want to do that again right so he he does understand the situation yeah the predicament that James exactly, was and so he yeah. thanks him for you know saving Undante. for doing the right thing. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, are you Team Hugh or are you <laughs> Team James? I think we need to clarify they are, this. They are both so lovely. Like there is nothing wrong with Hugh. Hugh is a sweet, sweet man. But yeah. I am. Team I mean, he's James. Yeah, I figured he is. <laughs> he is Neville from <laughs> Harry Potter. 
<laughs> so we have to give him that. And I right. love Harry Potter. But, I mean, he hasn't done anything rude or mean. I mean, other than try mm-hmm. and fight James, but that was because his horse just died. So, I mean, exactly. That, that's understandable. Exactly. So I feel bad for Helen because she has to pick between two very choice candidates. I think they're good. Yeah. Or maybe there will be a third. Who knows? <laughs> you made a face. <laughs> Now I'm so interested. So, like, I know we're like we're re- you're rewatching. Right. And I'm watching for the first time. We watch them together, mm-hmm. and I love it. And I feel like you're like <laughs> I see these things. I'm like talking. I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> Just like yes, Beth. Like, get into the episode. <laughs> So last week when we watched, I wanted to go home and just watch all of the episodes. Yeah. But like, I just wanted to. You want to be fresh. I wanted to binge and I wanted to do it, but I didn't. Right. You you really wanted wanted to be fresh for this stuff. I have to be, but I really wanted to just go Go and watch all of them. But I know that I'm not supposed to (laughs) because it's my first time watching. So I'm helping out other people who are first time watching and going along the path of myself as well. (laughs) <laughs> so then we cut to Tristan and we have him taking Tricky to the pub and he, <laughs> Tricky doesn't want to walk and lays down in the middle of the road. And I can't tell you how many pictures uh, and how many times my dog, Cookie, just lays in the middle of the exactly. road and I like drag her a little bit like, let's go. And then I have to either carry her or now that I have kids, I have a stroller. And so oh, she goes in the bottom so of the stroller. Nice. <laughs> and What's really funny is I specifically went shopping with my husband when I was pregnant with my first, and we bought a stroller with a big enough basket on the bottom for, for her the dog. to fit. <laughs> Not no, that's, for anything else. that's fair. We actually want to, we don't have kids, Matt and I, so we kind of want to buy a stroller just for the dogs. If so, it helps. I mean, it, it, they exist. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and so many people have them. My husband's aunt has one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah, adorable. The, the smaller the dog, the heavier they can get. They're like anchors. I know. And so. she just lays there. So we lived in this apartment a couple of years back and um, we would go visit the, I don't know what the, the, oh my gosh, where you go to talk to people that work at the apartment complex. What oh, the management called? office? Yeah. Okay. So we would go there because the dog, we would go on a walk and we would stop. The dogs would get treats. They'd okay. pet them and everything. And then I'd, I'd have to drag Drag Cookie out back. of the room like, or no, like out of the office. Here. She's like, I love these people. I don't want to leave. So when we moved, I felt so bad because she loved going there. Uh, they were like a second home to her. She mm-hmm. looked forward to it every single day we would go. She no, loved it. It was great. Nolly tries to stay with grandpa. Every time we visit grandpa, she's just like, nope. We're not. She like leans into it. She's like, nope, I'm not leaving yet. He has all the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She knows. <laughs> all right. So uh, jumping a little forward into the episode, um, we see that Siegfried and Mrs. Hall are talking about the um, the box that she gets. Oh, right, the returned the returned box. It's uh, the box that she sent to um, Edward. Was that that was two episodes ago? I can't remember. I think, but so. she had sent it. Um, Siegfried offered to drop it off at the post office for her, all that because she thought she knew where Edward was living, but it said no, no one's known at at that address. It gets returned to sender. Exactly. Which really stinks. So, but you know, she does say he knows where I am. And so we kind of leave it at that. So she's giving him space. Yeah. But then they're also like the episode, like the the writers are definitely building up to something. You know, I think hopefully everyone comes around. We'll We'll see. see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, then we go and she cooks roast beef with all of the trimmings. Right. But, but like, James ate Mrs. Dobson's Mrs. Dobson overfed him, yes. As always. Yes. And that's apparently the way. Yeah. And then um, 
Siegfried ate all of the snacks from Tricky Woo. Tricky Woo's food. He ate all of Tricky Woo's food. So he's full. And then Tristan comes in. And, you know, Mrs. Hall's super annoyed that they're not eating. And so Tristan comes in and he comes in and says, gentlemen, never fear. Cometh the hour, cometh the man and unbuttons his pants. (laughs) He can eat everything. Yeah, I think that's very relatable. That's relatable content because we're coming up. Well, we just had Thanksgiving when this drops. So uh, we've probably all unbuttoned our pants at that point. Probably. (laughs) So we could fit in that extra piece of pie. Family dinner. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then we go and and uh Mrs. Pumphrey calls. Tristan has to talk to her. He barks into the phone. Barks into the phone. I can't believe they weren't cracking up laughing. I want to know how many times it took them oh, to actually that, film that scene. I can't yeah. It had to be like Siegfried looks amused, but he's not laughing hysterically. Exactly. I think <laughs> I'd be like crying laughing. I was laughing so hard at that. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's and just like Mrs. barking Pumphrey's and kissing like, Oh, he sounds a little hoarse. I know. <laughs> Which also relatable because I've said those exact th- same things about my Nolly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So then we put uh, Tricky Woo back on the scale and he uh, is bigger. So, uh-oh. Yeah. What happened? Uh, Tristan and Siegfried argue about this. Exactly. And then Mrs. Pumphrey comes to... To, to see, see to visit him. Tricky Woo. And then yeah. they can't find him anywhere. James finds him in the basket. He finds him in the treat basket. Which was so cute. I'm like mm-hmm. popping out yeah. of the basket. Um, but, but like, what? But lucky that he found him because he got into l- the liqueurs. Liqueurs, which is, yes. Uh, liquored up uh, chocolate, which mm-hmm. is not good for dogs. No, None it's of not at all. So I don't know why it would be in the basket for Tricky Woo. Anyway. Right. Um, True so, story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they have to go. They send Mrs. Pumphrey home. Oh, he's on a walk. And then yeah, they sedate him and pump his stomach. Yep. And, you know, then they talk about how. Everyone's it, blaming Tristan. Everyone's blaming Tristan. Right. But, but Mrs. Hall knows. <laughs> she knows. And Tristan's like, it wasn't me, Jim. Like, just trust me like you can see it in his face you yeah. can see it like you like, feel his whole it. body is his, saying it wasn't me Nobody i know he's like believes it me. actually wasn't me this time <laughs> this time it wasn't me for real yeah but then eventually siegfried he, he well, owns because, up because mrs hall gives him the yeah. eye mrs hall's like, like mm. you better tell the truth <laughs> and then i love that tristan goes jim are we hallucinating? Yeah, they're both just in complete disbelief. I know. <laughs> like, is Siegfried, is this actually happening? I thought Siegfried was going to break a sweat having well, to go and say this Well, he uh, he put his pride aside to say this, but he wanted to move on very quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. So it was good. And then, you know, James has that little sidebar with Siegfried about, like, Tristan failing again at college. Well, what if he doesn't? You know, right. That give was him really a, nice. Give he's him a stuck, chance. He stuck up for his new brother. Exactly. I yeah. love the family dynamic that they have. <laughs> it is great. Um, so Tricky's back. He goes home to Mrs. Pumphrey, runs in, and then Mrs. Pumphrey's so happy to see him. And um, immediately gives him treats. Immediately gives him treats, of course. But she also <laughs> says, like, doesn't he just love his Uncle Tris? Yeah. Which is interesting. He's, he's, like, he's like really happy yes. about it. <laughs> So, like, this episode was really good on building up Tristan, I think. (laughs) So he goes and he's like, I'm leaving for college. See ya. And Siegfried rips out the check. And I did not see that coming. And says, I'm going to teach you myself. Yep. What? And Tristan is not happy about his brother uh, being his tutor. Probably because he's going to hold him accountable more than the professors will. Because the professors are, we got your money anyway. Exactly. So... 
And it's more like there's, you know, however many people are in the class they have to pay attention to. It's right. not just one person. Exactly. <laughs> Tristan's like, dang it. <laughs> Mrs. Hall is really happy, though. It was really sweet. She's yeah. so happy that Tristan's staying, but he's so disappointed. And he's like, it's going to be awful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then we end the episode with um, Tristan's aha moment with Clancy at the end. Um, he mm, notices yeah. that every time, like Mr. Mulligan can't hear. No, he's so like completely he had, unaware that he's growling. Exactly, he has no idea. He only that this sees dog the pretty growling. face. Exactly, yeah. he has no idea the dog's growling at him. So he hugs him and pets him a lot when he's growling. So clearly, the dog is being encouraged right, to continue just, to growl. That's just what because it does. doesn't bother him. And Tristan's like, "Aha! Yeah, we're good. I can I can go into this and and then he gets he, kisses. Exactly, Clancy gives kisses. So cute. Clancy, so cute. who's been vomiting this whole time, is giving. kisses. <laughs> That's what I, I didn't think about that. That's kind of gross. <laughs> My dog always tries to do that too. I'm like, no, get your vomit face out of here. <laughs> My goodness. Oh. So, so I, I thought that the episode was really good. It was lighthearted, especially after that last one. Yeah, this is this is like they they decided that that one was too heavy and they needed to lighten it up and they did it really well. And yeah, so so Tristan is staying. Mm-hmm. So we might see more Maggie. Answer. That's what I'm That's kind of good. excited That's about. That's a good catch. Yeah. And that was my question last week. Is Tristan going to stay or go back to right. college? Guess not. Yeah, he's not. He wanted to go back, but he's yeah. staying. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we might get more of Maggie. She's so cute. She like, is. We don't know much about her, but she's really adorable. And she seems like she'd be good for Tristan, too, because she very playfully keeps him on track. So. Yes. Yeah, in a lighthearted yeah. way. It's nice. <laughs> Good, good. So um, anyone listening, please share your impressions by emailing postscript at WITF.org. That's P-O-S-T-S-C-R-I-P-T at WITF.org. Yeah. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll take a closer look into episode four. Support for All Creatures Great and Small on Masterpiece is made possible locally by Pleasant View Communities and UPMC. Welcome back to Postscript, All Creatures Great and Small. Let's take a closer look at this episode for episode four, Christina. So really what we want to talk about is... The food. The food. There was so much food in this episode. So much food. (laughs) It was so nice, though. Yeah. I love eating food and talking about food and all things food, 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 food. Yeah. So my fiance, Matt, really wants me to be Mrs. Hall. And I'm not Mrs. Hall. Like, that's his favorite character in the whole episode, because she makes so much food and I hate cooking. If something takes longer than 30 minutes to make, I'm like, no, this is for like a very special occasion. No, thank you. So I like to eat. I'm Tristan. <laughs> I'm Tristan in this situation. Are you Tristan? I am. So I guess I would say I'm Mrs. Hall. So I I like, I'm not very creative like Mrs. Okay. Hall with like all the different foods or like Tricky Woo coming in with all these foods. But Growing up, my mom was always very hospitable. So if anybody was over, it was a smorgasbord of food. Everybody would have their favorite food at Thanksgiving, their favorite food at Christmas. It was so much food. And then we'd have all these leftovers. You'd be able to eat Thanksgiving food until Christmas. Like that's how much food we would always have. We were a house of snackers. So there were Mm -hmm. always a zillion different snacks to choose from. But my mom was like, let's make some chicken nuggets that were previously frozen and get some food in your bellies because she also is not. That's me now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love cooking for people, but we, we do eat chicken nuggets. But we do oh. cook them. 
Yeah, so they, yeah, you know, yeah. they're not frozen we're decent anymore. parents. They're right. not frozen anymore. We do cook them. All right. So today we have with us Helen Widowson, who is actually the person who designs our events at WITF. And most specifically, she really puts together all of the elements that we have for our All Creatures Great and Small events. So Helen, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to talk all things food. Yes, uh, because... Especially, I'm not good at cooking them. So this will be really interesting. There are a lot of uh, foods in here that I didn't recognize the name of. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm sure I would eat them if they were put in front of me. Yeah. yeah. So, Helen, can you give us a little bit of background in your Yorkshire, I guess, experience around foods and uh All that kind of stuff. So I don't personally have a lot of Yorkshire experience because I did not reside in England, but I did reside in Europe for eight years. So um, there are some similar things, even from different countries that uh, translate across the the borders, um, because most of the places that we were stationed were rural and had lots of farming communities around them. So I also grew up in a farm family. So some of these things, believe it or not, they may be different, have a different flair or a different recipe, but it's really about frugality and using like all of the animals and all the parts of them to make things. So um, it translated to me and my background and my ancestry, which probably had at least, I don't know, 25 farmers of different types growing up so wow that's awesome yeah like all of my great grandparents were farmers and I I can't keep a plant alive to save my life (laughs) so it it apparently just like teetered off for me doesn't run in (laughs) the family but I do eat scrapple and that is a very Pennsylvania Dutch farmer food (laughs) yes that that's that is very true um, so if you let's just talk about what some types of foods that we saw throughout the past couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, sure. we're on episodes four. So one that really stuck out was black pudding. So I right. have no idea what black no, pudding is. I have is. no idea either. So Helen, do you know what black pudding is? Well, I didn't know what black pudding was. Um, I had to actually research this one myself while I was watching the episode. And I kept seeing this black sausagey looking thing on their farmer's breakfast in the morning. It would re- appear in all these episodes that I viewed. And so I did a little research and what it really is, is um, it's calf or pig's blood mm. mixed with different things like oats and suet and any kind of a, um, something okay. that would, would be a filler. And it's cased like a sausage. And apparently this was very labor intensive for somebody to create themselves. And so I think most of the farm families that made this themselves were very proud of it. So to them, it was it was something they ate a lot, but it was also something that I guess in a way was like a delicacy or there was like a competition between (laughs) who makes who makes the best best black pudding in Yorkshire. So if you remember the episode when um, when James was just first coming to Skeldal House, um, someone, I think it was Siegfried commented that Mrs. Hall made the best black pudding. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. that the kitchen looked like a butcher shop when she was done. And <laughs> yes. so now that oh, you so know she's the making ingredients. it from scratch. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, that makes sense. And she wasn't a butcher, but she was making it in her own kitchen. So apparently... 
from what I researched, like lots of homes did this. Okay. Interesting. That sounds messy, like real messy. It does. It also does not sound appealing to me at (laughs) all. Like I I don't think I want to eat that. I I would try it. I would try it. Yeah, I I would try it. But then it sort of goes along with Scrapple. You don't know what is in Scrapple, but it sure does taste good. I also don't eat Scrapple. It's basically everything but the kitchen sink. So, you know, and my father, my father used to lovingly say, you don't want to know what's in there. You just eat it. I know. There's a lot of people who are like, you don't want to know how hot dogs are made. I'm like, oh, I eat Scrapple. I'm fine with the hot dogs. I'm sure. I don't eat hot dogs either. I know Scrapple how they're made. Scrapple is so good. You got to fry it nice and hard on each side so it's yeah. brown, but oh, it's so good. It's it's the the seasoning that's in it is really what you taste with like an under undertone of pork. Interesting. Yeah, I don't eat either of those. I'm really picky. I can be uh, potatoes, give me all those. All I'll sit potatoes. down. And that's what like I see like every meal in these episodes there's potatoes. Yeah, so like, you would just so many. you would eat I'd just eat the potatoes. Just the potatoes. You can <laughs> You can mash them, you can stew them, you can I mean, boil they are them. very versatile. Yeah. They're good stuff. Well, and just remember in these farmers' breakfasts, they were sending people out for the day to do whatever work they did. So it yeah. had to be large and filling, and it certainly had to have protein or you wouldn't right. you wouldn't be able to last. And yeah. if you, you maybe weren't having lunch that day, depending on, you know, whether you were out in the field or how far from or the how far you, you were, were traveling yeah. or what you were doing or, you know, what your life's work consisted of. So um and that that translated to America too. I can remember my grandmother making my grandfather this huge breakfast before he left for the farm in the morning because he maybe wasn't going to eat lunch or lunch was very small like an apple or something until dinner. Well that kind of makes sense because in the first uh, I think it's the first or second episode um, when Mrs. Hall puts food down in front of James he looks at it like it's so much Mm -hmm. but he's he's a city boy so he probably was not used to farmer breakfast. (laughs) Probably not yeah that makes sense. But he's out in the road all day too so it makes sense that She'd fill him up. Fill him up because yeah. you don't know if he's going to be able to eat. Although they, when he goes to the Dobson's, he does yeah. get like a second breakfast, which fills him up all the way to dinner. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> common theme throughout the entire season is that every time he visits and does the job well done, he, he gets snacks. Yeah, exactly. He, even Helen brought, I think they were biscuits or something that were just terrible, but she brought him yes. a snack. and I think he, they were burnt. He took a bite and he was just like, these are... No, these aren't good. No. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> and I think some of those people did that to be kind, but I, I think in a lot of t- in a lot of cases, uh, they did it to pay because that's how they paid. I mean, that was their life's mm-hmm. work. You know, those yeah. sausages or that meal or whatever, or they didn't have the money, and and maybe the vet knew it, and that's how they um, did things. They bartered. You no, know, for that's, things. Yeah, so that's pretty trade. valid. I mean, we, we did establish earlier that they were in a recession as well. So there probably wasn't as much money to go around. Yeah, that's true. So let's talk about, I know this is uh, Tricky Woo's diet. Because <laughs> Tricky Woo, Eats I mean. better than I do. Better than I do. <laughs> and um, he's only supposed to be eating one cup of biscuits twice daily, right? Right. That's what we learn in this episode that he's. Because he's a little porker. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why he's still on the perfect, diet. but okay. <laughs> so in, I think it was episode two when we meet Tricky Woo. Mrs. Pumphrey says the usual food that he eats is chicken, beef wellington, plum duff, and he absolutely adores trifle. Oh, and cake, of course. (laughs) Of course. Eats better than us. And then in this episode, we learn 
that she's not going perhaps to every letter of the diet that he's supposed to be on. Perhaps not every, every letter. Well, that's actually episode four. I, I have notes in front of me. That's the only reason I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, when Tricky Woo is having trouble breathing. Yeah. In this episode. Yep. And so, so this episode, yeah, this is, (laughs) see, we're going back in time and forward in time. Okay. So we're so in episode four. This episode, he, she says that he eats a little calf's foot jelly, cod liver oil, beef Wellington, a bowl of Horlicks, and then she gives him a hamper of goodies, and all the goodies. As he's going off to try and lose some weight so exactly. he can breathe. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks like we have like some oat biscuits, Indian Ceylon teas, teal salmon pies, Dilton cheese, various tins and goodies. And then chocolate liqueurs, which we find out later. So that's a lot of food. Pretty sure it's not all dog food. Pretty (laughs) sure it's human food. Um, So let's dive into some of that and talk about whatever was on that huge list I just gave you guys. (laughs) Yeah, that that entire basket. Exactly. So let's talk about this basket, this handmade wicker wonder, which is actually referred to as a hamper in Great Britain. Uh, This basket came from Fortnum and Mason, which uh, is a company that is a purveyor of gourmet food and delicacies from all over the world. So for Mrs. Pumphrey to have that basket, first of all, we know she was very wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you wouldn't have seen that basket in any Yorkshire home because it would have it would have represented probably half a year's wages. So wow. she got it from somewhere. We don't know where she got it or whether she ordered it herself, you know, at Christmas time and had it left over because obviously she lives alone except for her and her dog and her butlers. Mm-hmm. So she this basket to her was all the finer things of life and notice she didn't share it with people she shared it with her dog (laughs) so um one of the reasons that when the basket got to the house that everybody kept dipping into it is because these were items that they've never they never see or can't get because they're from all over the world so um not just the tricky woo was eating them but you saw in the episode Siegfried dipped into it yeah. and so so did Tristan and Tristan so was it was more than one <laughs> you know it's 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 sort of akin to if you get a big gourmet basket at home and mm-hmm. you're kind of nibbling at it you know in sure. and out of a day um but for the dog to be partaking of this is absolutely <laughs> horrifying to me i'm sure he had he had pancreatitis which was probably like what the actual diagnosis was aside from being overweight right so you know as we all have been told who are dog owners you never feed dogs human food unless it's like you're making your own chicken or beef or something like that certainly you don't feed them sugary (laughs) chocolatey and chocolatey definitely definitely not um so this was no surprise that he ended up how he did in the episode but um that particular basket is probably cost i can't even imagine what it cost in the (laughs) 1930s but it would have been you know consider a considerable sum that's interesting we were worried that we were worried that Nellie was going to have pancreatitis one time because she ate like half a stick of butter. Oh, goodness. Somehow, I don't know how it even happened, but it fell off the table and she just like went to town. Yeah, it was uh, it's kind of terrifying because I did a Google. We didn't mm-hmm. take her to the vet. We were just like, let's see what happens. So yeah, she you was always fine. see what happens. She was fine. But yeah, those rich diets, they're not supposed to 
dogs yeah. are not meant for those. <laughs> no, and I, I think Cookie is like she's got nine, thirteen, fifteen lives or something because she ate corn cob. Oh no! All of it, and I was like, "Oh, it's fine. She can't actually chew it." Nope. She, yep, she did. She didn't like swallow it whole. She chews it to pieces and then eats it. Okay. She's also eaten pacifiers so and sm- bottles. It was small enough that it just came out the other end. I suppose she's I still here. Years <laughs> later, still here. Um, so, what, uh, Helen? Is do you know plum duff? What is plum duff? Plum duff is a steamed pudding, uh, like what you hear about in Charles Dickens classics at Christmas time. You know, something uh, that has been around a long time. Um, it's made in a mold. Uh, it's made uh, with like fruits and spices, and it lasts forever. There's also <laughs> liquor in it. Um, so he should I know. not be eating plum duff. No, there's liquor, in it. and that was probably <laughs> so is one it of a the sweet one. It's a it's, sweet. It's pudding? sweet, and it, it can be sweet and spicy. Okay, and Ooh, and have the <laughs> and have the taste of rum or brandy, mm. like you okay. know, encasing it. So <clears throat> it's pretty rich, um, and it's you don't eat a big piece of it. So there's no telling in the episode how much plum duff <laughs> he got into, but. Um, it's definitely an acquired taste like fruitcake. Some people like okay. fruitcake and some people don't. It's similar to our fruitcake, except it's mm. served hot and usually with whipped cream. Mm. So it is very good. I actually made one um, about 20 years ago. My mother and I decided to have a steamed pudding competition during the holidays. And we actually went antiquing, found an antique mold, and, and <laughs> we were like, you know... <laughs> You're on. like, this is, And so we each showed up to Christmas with this steamed pudding, and we didn't say who made which one. Right. We decorated them ourselves with holly leaves, and our family judged. And, and who won? Did, I did, actually. Which wow. I, used to, I never yeah. used to beat my mother nice. at cooking, but I did in this Congratulations. Case, so I think I took awesome. my time Congrats. with it more. I don't know, but <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And then she kept the mold and never gave it back to me, so I'm not sure what that meant. <laughs> she didn't want you to ever do that again. I don't think so. <laughs> don't ever win with my cooking again (laughs) good that's that's awesome we had a we had a cookie competition once at my house because that's about as far as our culinary skills go (laughs) and my dad was so mad he had to participate because we made that the rule he made these like bake free ones and he was so grumpy the whole time and they just looked like piles of chocolate which wasn't a real appetizing thing they tasted great they were like oats and chocolate but he was so grumpy about it and we still laugh about it today (laughs) The, the no-bake cookies. No-bake cookies, I love yeah. no-bake cookies. They were huge. They were bigger than oh. they were supposed to be because he didn't want to do it in the first place. <laughs> I mean, got to make good cookies. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was a fun fun <laughs> holiday thing for you guys to do, too. Uh, so another food that jumped out at me because I thought it sounded a little bit gross was uh, calf's foot jelly. Oh, boy. So do you know anything about that? So that's another one I had to research, but I figured it had some kind of medicinal quality to it. Um, Because she feeds it with uh, cod liver oil was in that same list. It doesn't sound like it's very appetizing to me, (laughs) but um, sometimes people can talk themselves into something being appetizing just by by, you know, um, listing its medicinal qualities. It's good for you. Eat it. You know, right, like so a shot of apple cider vinegar. Yes. Yeah, something yeah. like that. No, thanks. Something like that. But <laughs> it, it actually is the calves feet okay. and they boil it down because it has a bunch of collagen in it. And okay. they, there are two types. One type is just garlic, onion, salt, and pepper and the feet boiled down and it creates like a gelatin so they skim that off 
and then it's it's really like a jello almost. Okay. And then the other type, which is probably the one Mrs. Pumphrey would have had, <laughs> was made with Madeira, sugar, brandy, cinnamon, and citrus. So it oh, was a sweeter so type I didn't know of. That so I'm pretty sure that's probably the one that she partake partook of. Um, <laughs> the other one is more of a sick room concoction and lots of families would almost like my grandmother would say you just need a teaspoon of cod liver oil and you'll be better i think in yorkshire they probably took these around to the infirmed and said you know this is (laughs) eat this this it'll this will cure your cure you yes and that's you know this is the cure for what ails you (laughs) and that's how they looked at it but um you know, again, that's another example of a farmer using every part of an right. animal. So, Well, there's garlic in it, too, and that's supposed to be good for, like, colds and stuff, like old wives' tales sort of thing. So that might be part of it. At least it probably tastes more like garlic and beefiness than anything else, but I, I, I wouldn't be able to get over the texture. Yeah, if you, think of, if you think of when you make a stew and then sometimes the fat, gels in the refrigerator if you have okay. it left over yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably very similar to Ooh. that okay nope no i don't think you don't I want could, any of that i don't that. know if i could it doesn't fat turn it into maybe jelly? i would i would maybe try it i don't know i just don't know if i could get over the whole like the jello texture i don't like I don't regular like jello, jello to begin with so yeah. much but i'll eat that like because it's sweet and has cool whip on it but <laughs> if somebody doesn't tell me I might try it. If they say, just try this, then I'd say, okay, okay I'll try this. gelatinous cube. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't know if I can know that it's calf's foot jelly. Right. Actually. Okay. okay. Anyway. <laughs> we'll move on from that I one. know. <laughs> it's a matter of opinion, I think, you know, and I, I think it's yeah, also people, people, you know, especially from small towns like that, they, they hold on to something for, mm-hmm. you know, my grandmother and her grandmother and everyone believed in that. So we're still doing it. Hey, yeah, I mean, I the, mean sh- the sheepskin worked on the cow yeah. in that one episode. Yeah. And we're not going to yuck anyone's yum. Like if you're exactly. into it, that's fine. It's, it's totally that's fine. okay. Uh, it's just not for us, I don't yeah. think. I'll stick with the <laughs> chicken nuggets, I guess. So, um, Helen, I wanted to ask you, since you do design these events and you've designed a um, All Creatures Great and Small event last year and you're designing one that's coming up in a couple months here as well, how do you bring the Yorkshire Dales experience to fans of the show when you set up these events through, you know, your decorations or your food and all of that? So, first of all, a lot of people probably don't understand that aren't in this field that that takes an awful lot of research and an awful lot of time to capture the elements that make uh, someone be able to walk into this venue and feel like they're there. They're a part of the series or, or, you know, that they get a feeling like that when they walk in. So um, I, I will watch episode upon episode upon episode. I will read everything I can read mm-hmm. about it. I'll research whatever I don't uh, have a, an understanding of. But most of the time, something will just jump out at me. Like something, a lot of creative people will tell you this, um, you'll get something that is your inspiration. It could be a piece of fabric or it could be a flower or it could be, I don't know, an animal or, or whatever it is. And then for me, what, what starts my process is something like that hits me you know and then I'll just roll with that and everything will spark off of that one little thing Um, and then it's kind of hard to explain but one thing leads to another in in design and then I uh, 
try to pull it all together with all the other talented people that work here because <laughs> this is not a one-woman show by any stretch. You bring um, the magic, though. The, you do. But it, it takes everyone, like, understanding what my vision is to be able to pull off, like, the graphic design, the signage, um, you know, the caterer, getting a chef that we don't have a chef in-house here. No. You know, we have to hire somebody. So getting him to buy into my, him or her to buy, buy into my vision and be willing to pull it off for us, you know, at the price we can do it because, right. you know, we're public television. We're on a budget. <laughs> so it's all that and sticking to the budget, too. Um, and then trying to put myself in a guest place that's never, you know, walked into this before. Because as you're working on something, you become familiar with it. So you think, oh, it's OK. It's OK. But then you kind of have to pretend that you've never done this. And what would I feel like when I walked in? So. I then have to kind of shut everything off towards, you know, at one point in the planning process and um, and imagine what I would feel like if this is what I saw or this is what I ate. And I'll ask opinions like, what do you think of this menu? What do you think of these colors? What do you think? And does this make you feel, you know, like you're walking into Yorkshire, England or not? And um, once that's all done, it all sort of like I, I always have this saying it's it's from that old show, The A-Team from the 80s. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. And that's really like ha what happens in the end. And it all sort of just magically comes together and and there we are. And I always say that the test of knowing um, that you're meant to do something is once you've worked hard at something and the big day comes and then it's over. I just need one day in between before I start planning the next one for the <laughs> next event. And that's pretty much how I operate. Yeah, the, so. the last uh, screening was just so amazing. The food was amazing. Mm -hmm. And just the decor and the feeling walking into that steel stable, it was just transformed. It was it was a wonderful experience. And we hope that happens again. And oh, we're sure excited. <laughs> we're so excited for what's to come in a couple months. It's just around the corner in the event world. It's tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. That's, that's yes. Very, very true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Helen, we really appreciate you coming on to our podcast and talking with us about all things Yorkshire food, uh, especially that gas foot jelly breakdown. <laughs> we really appreciate it. And the it. basket. The basket was really interesting. Yeah. I, I had no idea that it was like a pre-made basket that yeah. she was sending with, like a goodie basket that just I, yeah. arrived. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that either. So it was really cool. And to know where it came from, too. Yeah. So we really do appreciate it. Uh, Christina, this was a great episode. It was. Um, really good, lighthearted um, from the third episode that yeah, we that, do not want to talk about. No, we, we, we won't go there again. Uh, we had a lot of laughter with this one and Tricky Woo is in it. And that's always a good, good sign. Um, so I'm excited to see Tristan might be uh, growing up a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. A little bit, a little a bit. Little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. This podcast was produced by Ali Amaros for WITF. Once again, I'm Beth Capello. And I'm Christina Ziders. Remember to share your afterthoughts with us at postscript at WITF.org or PS at WITF.org. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank Pleasant View Communities and UPMC for supporting all creatures great and small on WITF. Thank you.